Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Salted Hash. I'm your host, Steve Reagan, and today we're going to be looking at Apple phishing attacks. So this particular attack starts via email. And when you look at this email here, there are a couple of red flags that stand out. First of all, it's telling me that I need to check my order, and it's provided what appears to be a receipt. But who are the undisclosed recipients? Why are they getting a copy of my receipt? Who is this person in the BCC field? These are red flags that stand out. Also, just because it says it's from the App Store doesn't necessarily make it so. But what the criminal's hoping for in this case is that you're going to have your curiosity peaked because it's just informed you you've lost some money and it's provided physical proof of said money being taken from your possession. So most people will probably ignore the standard rule of don't open attachments from people you don't know because they know the App Store, but more importantly, somebody just took 50 bucks from me. So let's open the attachment and see what happens. And it looks like this. It's a pretty standard looking uh, receipt. I mean, it's kind of fancy. It's, it feels like it's from Apple. It kind of looks like it's from Apple. It's got the same order number referenced in the email. It's got the same date. There's my 50 bucks and there's the product apparently I've ordered. Well, obviously most people didn't order this, so they're gonna panic and they're gonna kick chance, cancel transaction right then and there. They want their money back. That's what the criminal's hoping you're gonna do. Each one of the links you see in this PDF file actually point to the same phishing kit, including all of those down here. So if you click on cancel transaction, you'll see this. Look familiar? It should, for most Apple users, it's really hard to tell the difference between the fake one and the real one. But we're gonna look at a couple of things here to make it stand out. The first is the URL bar. There is a lot of stuff up here, way too much. But more importantly, notice that it doesn't have HTTPS or extended validation. If you're not familiar with that term, extended validation is why on the real Apple website, we see Apple Inc. That's extended validation. So it'll have HTTPS and extended validation. We don't have that on the fake one. There are a couple, couple of uh, subtle differences as well. So let's look at those. Um, as I go back and forth between the real and the fake, I want you to notice the font and this form right here where you log in. Ready? So here's your fake one. Here's your real one. Fake, real. You spot the difference? So at a glance though, and that's why this kit's pretty impressive, is a lot of users might not be able to tell the difference. Instead, they're worried about their $50, so they're going to log in. So let's do that. The minute you enter your password and you hit submit, this little arrow, the criminal will have compromised your Apple ID account. They'll know your username, they're gonna know your password. There you go, it's done. Your username and password have just been compromised, but this form is not done with you yet. This particular kit wants additional information. As such, it shows that you're logged in, but now it wants you to fill this stuff out. So let's give it what it's looking for. It's looking for first name, last name, your date of birth. We're in the United States, so we're gonna go down here and say so. An address. City, state, your postal code. Mobile phone number. Credit card information. So this card validator that they use with this checks to tell what kind of card you have and that you've entered the appropriate number of digits, but it doesn't actually verify them. So 
you can give it the test number and it's going to work just fine. If you know a 3D secure card or have one of those type of numbers, you can put that form there, but it's not required. The social security number only shows up if you've selected United States as your country. Otherwise, it skips this form entirely. And if you submit it, you get a success message and forward it off to the legitimate Apple website. But notice you're not logged in and the criminal has completely captured your information. So let's see what the criminal sees in this attack. The first one is your when you first submitted the form. So there's your username, there's your password. It also collects your IP address, the time timestamp from when you filled out the form, uh, your country code. It's not collected in this instance because we're running on local host and of course your browser. And then if you filled out that second form, this is what they see. All of that information is recorded right here. It's kind of interesting because you know most uh, phishing kits, when they email information out, it's not as fancy as this. So I guess you could argue that even Apple phishing attacks are fancy, which is kind of strange. But go back to the original kit here. So that's the attack. That's how it starts. That's how it works. That's how it looks in the end. And we'll just recap here with a, a, a couple of quick things. Remember, don't panic and take your time. Even if the you, you fell for the email and actually came back through and clicked on the link inside of the, the PDF file and this just convinced you entirely, don't panic because you've landed on a page. Look at your surroundings here. The first thing that should stand out to you is it's missing HTTPS and extended validation. It does not have the green texts that you need that shows this is Apple's website. And remember, EV is going to have HTTPS and the company name. It's not just going to have HTTPS. So we've got that going for us. Look at the field. Apple is only going to ask for your ID. And then when you submit your ID, it's going to ask for your password. It's not going to ask for both at once. And also, a couple of side things, which in this case did help uh, some people observe that this was fake. The font is wrong, but font can be cloned. So don't count on that to save you from avoiding a phishing attack. The same with the little Apple icon up here. A criminal could easily clone that and add that to this kit. The big things, the major things to look for here are the EV certificate and HTTPS. If you're not seeing those, that's not the real Apple attack. So thanks for watching. I hope this uh, explained the attack inside and out pretty well for you. If not, feel free to reach out to me online. I'm SteveD3 on Twitter. And for those of you who would like to see the back end of this attack, stay stick around. Otherwise, thanks for watching and have a great day. All right, thanks for sticking around. So the first thing we're going to look at by uh, examining this, the back end of this kit, the code, is what creates all this garbage right here in the URL bar. So let's open this up. This would be the directory where the kit lives. And if you notice here, every time I visited this kit, it's generated a new randomly named folder. And that comes from index.php. It's actually telling you right there to create folders like that. So what's happening is every time somebody visits the page for the first time, it creates a folder like this and copies everything out of info into the folder. And when it does that, you get something that looks like this. But for administrators, one of the things you can do is monitor your web directories for changes. So if something's been created or written to or if something ha has been added, you can get an alert for that.
These kits like this will trigger those alerts all the time and they're certainly worth investigating every time you see them. Another thing you can do is scan the contents of files in your directory. So when you see RAND being used, but you know you're not using it anywhere in your code, you should absolutely check it out. Even if it turns out to be a false positive, it's still worth investigating. The same goes for HT access. These files usually get dumped onto with a lot of blocks for bots and scanners and things on the web that prevent the phishing kit from being indexed. Likewise, they tend to block everybody from a security company and IP address or, or IP range that goes with like cloud scanning and things like this so that they can hide longer. The goal is to keep the kit as active as possible for as long as possible. So if they're detected easily by scanning, then that's not going to do them any good. So when you notice things like this in your HT access file, you can investigate and possibly remove, you know, get a kit removed before you get into any kind of trouble. Another interesting security tip, and this can also be discovered by scanning inside your files, is they look at the, H, uh, the, the browser headers, and if you match a certain type of header, or if you have any kind of um, match to an IP address that they predetermined, they show you a fake 404 page. Again, that's just them trying to hide. It's not a, a, a foolproof um, security measure. Another thing to check for is the, um, the visit.txt or log.txt, which will show you every time somebody's hit the website. These usually come with kits. Um, the name will vary, but you can check for stuff like that as well. And, and again, if you're monitoring your directories, kits like this, when they're uploaded, they're going to stand out. Um, the, the interesting thing is this kit in particular came from a compromised WordPress install. And the criminal had extracted everything from the zip file, but left the zip file in the, the actual directory and then moved everything to a subdirectory. So there were open indexes. So you can get the kit and see the kit working at the same time. You know, security fails like that also help you find your stuff. But hopefully this has been an interesting look into the back end of the kit. If you have any questions, again, I'm Steve D3 on Twitter. Feel free to reach out. Otherwise, thanks for watching and have a great day.